podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to another episode of Post-Conference Presser for Anfield Index. I'm your normal host, Dave Davis, coming to you from a pretty overcast Edinburgh right now. Fingers crossed it might cheer up a bit later on, but it's not the brightest right now. However, what is bright is Liverpool's recent run of form. And today it was an early post-conference presser because the press conference itself was early ahead of the late kickoff on Monday evening. So, ladies and gents, it'll be the normal format. We'll walk through everything that Jürgen was asked, everything that Jürgen said. We'll talk about the clues from the Brentford game, that 1-0 win the other weekend. We'll look at the threats that Leicester may pose, the formation and lineup potential for Monday night's game. And then, as ever, I will give a wildly wrong prediction for the correct score and the first scorer. So, Probably a couple of things to note. The embargo just kind of, kind of cut off at the end, but there's definitely an embargo, but it's suggested, if I heard it right, that it'll be Sunday that's released. So we'll keep an eye on that because it kind of cut off just at the end. As they, There's always that guy who keeps forgetting to click it on at the start and at the end properly, but hey-ho, it is what it is. And what's also really, I think, important, nice to say, well-respected journalist Dan Kay, I think if anyone's seen it recently, passed, a, passed away this week, has been a kind of a outpouring of emotion and, you know, respect, condolences, all those things which have been, you know, heartwarming to see. So he was given one minute of silence just before the press conference started by the club. So that was a really nice touch as well. So into the press conference, the normal start. And interestingly enough, Vinny O'Connor went with a question about Leicester. So we'll we'll come back to that later on when we talk about that as his opening gambit. But natural questions were asked about transfers because it is the hot topic understandably on everyone's lips and Jürgen was asked about you know the number one targets that you have the effect of maybe not getting Champions League which is an understandable and natural question I'd say at this stage so we talked about specifics and when I talk to a player if I'm allowed you know I look in his eyes and we've already clarified that that you know if we're talking it's already clear that he knows we might not qualify for the Champions League when we're having these discussions. does make you think maybe something's going on, that he is talking to players, but that could be a leap, so to speak. And then said, it, as a general thing, you know, we have that chat and we want to reach something together with that player, not just the history as before. It's obvious that, you know, we want to, as a club, fight for trophies in the Champions League. So if you want to be part of that, you're more than welcome. Also said, interestingly, it, you know, there's never been a situation or we barely talked to a player before where they said, oh, yeah, I'll see you if you get Champions League. It's still Liverpool. It's still attractive, so he's not concerned about that fact remotely. 
however, does appreciate it is more difficult without. And I think all of that's fair, isn't it, realistically? We don't have Champions League. There's less money. It is less attractive to some players in some elements. You know, that that's natural. However, you have to hope the power of Jurgen Klopp, that char- the charismatic pull, I'd say, is there and comes into force. And maybe I'm reading too much into this. Who knows? But I just felt, just felt that, yeah, almost came a bit away that would it surprise you if Klopp is speaking to players right now? Not even a small bit. But we'll see how all that unfolds. Natural next question was about the turnaround in results. You know, what, what did he put that down to? Said frequently, you know, because he was asked about it a few times. And that's true. It's a bit of a strange question, but he did give a bit more. I think it's important to say it was agreed when they had that eight, nine days gap around the Arsenal game that we don't start the new season early. We want to attack differently, build up differently. And it's been fun for us to work on it. And the results have come. It's prepared us for this season and the rest of, well, for the next season, I should say, and the rest of this season, which we'll come back to later. I think that's a big statement, especially around what some people have been saying recently. Sometimes we need to change big things to get a turnaround. Not always, and not always when he's been a coach for seven and a half years, as you mentioned, but quite an interesting statement, and it was the right moment for it. With this bit, there's elements of what he said before. I mean, he talks about the Arsenal game, didn't he? Trent being that, that trigger, the second half, etc. So that, that has been mentioned before. However, that was a bit of a theme for the press conference, being honest, that it's almost starting next season now. And he's kind of alluded to that, but you know, he said it a couple of times in this press conference that it is important and we will come on to that later. But what I'm reading from that, rightly or wrongly, agree, disagree, very much if anyone's thinking oh this system the players blah blah this system to me is suggesting it's here to stay it's more about now buying the right players for that system existing players adapting for that system but unless something major changes I'd probably be predicting this you know this is the system the change has been made early as it were quick question which was batted away around Mo Salah and I think he nailed this one Jürgen Asked about whether, you know, there's dangers of achievements being overlooked. And he laughed, you know, that wry smile he does to himself with the, the famous teeth. No, not from us or Liverpool supporters. Maybe from you, though. Spot on, Jürgen. It's not the first time I've heard it from you guys. You know, he's an all-time great and he's got a good few years left in his legs and his body, he said. I like the way he ended it as well. You do ask it that often, you might be guilty of overlooking it. I think that's spot on. Journos do a better job. You do, like the amount of articles or things you'll hear going, oh, Mo Salah's overlooked. Jurgen's right. Not by us, not by Liverpool fans, not by the squad. I'll leave you, Journos, and the wider public, the wider football in public, I should say, to decide why that is the case. Insert your answers as applicable here. Next question was around the gap between the fixtures. So asked about, you know, what you enjoy differently now, because, yeah, last year, let's be honest, we didn't have any gap between it. And I thought it was a good question, actually. It was clarified by the boss. But in terms of, you know, the, the gap between rather than the three days recovery, three days recovery game, etc. So, yeah, he clarified that. And he did say, I do enjoy this much more. He enjoys working with the players, enjoys it a lot the same and putting into practice. And it, it's that fine line between rhythm and three gate or three days gap, as it were, as he called it, between the matches. 
I like the way he said, we're not going to open that box now around scheduling and fixtures because I don't think it was from this journey. I've got to say that, but it could have been leaning towards a, a trap he may have thought originally, but, you know, avoided it well. It's different, as he said, you know, this season, there is gaps, which is positive. Last season, though, you know, it wasn't bad to have a successful season, but it is brutal. And he said that word again, brutal, which is probably not wrong. So now that we have time together, I want to see changes. I want to see improvements. And again, it just goes in line with this theme. Almost next season has started well, you know, well ahead of schedule, i.e. now. He's looking for the change. He's made the change. He wants to see everyone get on board with it. He wants to see the improvements. Everyone needs to do what they need to do. So I did like that as well. And almost as a follow-on, maybe a different journalist, but, you know, you're going to form recently. Has that set the tone for next season? I do you need to carry it on into next season? Big on this, the boss was. Yes, it must. It must. When it, what we have and, you know, what's happened highlights, you know, even more to me. We've had these moments and the highlights, he said, difficult to understand. And he actually said, it's almost made me even angrier that we've had these highlights. And, you know, same for us. We think of them, the, the United game, the City win. It almost makes it does make you a bit frustrated with what's happened. So I, th- I think he got that absolutely spot on. Did say this period is super important as it's a massive hint to how it could look next season. And probably it's starting to become clear if you've not heard it, ladies and gents. We always say, watch it as normal. But that was the real theme for this press conference. Next season starting now. He said it was so important. You know, we started it early. And for the first day, we have to prove, i.e. the first day of next season, everything changed. He's bullish. It only feels like he's ready for next season. And what will be will be at the end of this campaign. Interestingly, probably the one teeny bit of snappiness that we saw, and I understand this, Carl Markham followed up again with the last question of the press conference, you know, we form now. And he kind of looked at him in a puzzled way, which I understand. And the Daily Mail got a kick in for the second time, said, you know, I don't really need to answer that. I've, you know, how you could get or want not got enough from the time I answered it originally. You know, I love the way he did this you know, for the Daily Mail clips it and makes a headline of it and makes of it what you want, but it's not too cool. I like that. When I say snappiness, my phrasing, it wasn't the normal ones where you think, oh, Jürgen, what are you doing? Made sense here. You've already been asked the question. He's already clarified it quite fully. What are you trying to get by pretty much asking the same question again? So it was the little teeny bit of snappiness at the end, but I like the way you did that, to be honest. Again, always say, watch it if you're looking for your own take. Ask then about the away days, which, yeah, have been pretty disastrous, but it's understandable because we, we have won a few games recently away from home. Gave a, a good example. I like, again, how Jürgen did this, that, you know, we have the fans behind us, but away from home, we've got those three, four, 5,000 fans who are on their toes for 95 minutes. I was really excited by that. And I love that away atmosphere, which is fair play because they've had to endure, you know, sometimes this travelling cop this season. So it's good that they should get a shout out as well. Mentioned that we needed, you know, too much help from the outside, which is true. And that's why we are where we are. Everyone agrees, you know, it's been a, a really bad season, but the boys, you know, have shown some really good stuff at times. Again, double down the bat. I think it's a fair assessment. I'm glad we showed up, but really difficult 
you know, in recent times that we'll need to go to eight, nine wins, you know, in reference to the end of the campaign if we want to keep it going as well. I think that is, a, you know, an absolutely fair assessment. I can't disagree with anything Jürgen has said there. The away fans, and I always think back to that, that Brighton where we were absolutely humiliated. I know it was 3-0, but we were terrible that day. And, you know, the the apologetic sign to the, to the travelling cop. So I think he's right. I think he's nailed everything there. But we are looking at, you know, better times right now. And fingers crossed the momentum continues, like we said, which was the theme throughout. So fair play on that, Jürgen. Asked again about, this is a strange one. The Champions League isn't in your hands. And he smiled at this. But do you take inspiration from the Barcelona second leg, the 4-0, the Allison header from, you know, against West Brom? He laughed and did say, you know, everyone involved will never forget it. These were magic moments. And, you know, talked about it being miracles, but we're around when miracles happen. But that was in our hands, which is absolutely true. Now it's not. And that is the big difference. I think that's fair. If there was another maybe four or five games of the season, the belief would be strong across the board. And I think others would be really feeling it. But it is in their hands. They're probably just going to run out of games. My gut tells me at the same time as well. So that's the big difference this time. Probably the interesting thing for me, personally, not a single question about Jörg Schmatke, which does make you think, and I could be wrong, it will not be the first time the embargo is going to be around that. Because, ladies and gents, let's be honest, we've seen the UK press reports where it's permanent. Dominic King said 2026. Sam Wallace agreed. But we're seeing the reports from the likes of Bork, Fjortov, the German side, that it's even a temporary and there's a bit of a clarification around his role. So would it surprise you if that's the, the main theme for the embargo? I think not, because it seems to be almost a, a deafening silence from the club ever since that information was released. So we'll have to see what the embargo brings, but my gut tells me it's along those lines. If we look toward to look back, I should say, even to, to Brentford, a strange game, a really strange game. A 1-0 again, similar to Fulham. Mo Salah again, similar to Fulham. Third game in a week, so I think that has to be taken into account. The legs looked a little bit frail, shall we say, towards the end. But the result, as ever, is more important than the performance, possibly at this stage. And interestingly, so on to think back on, he played in this new formation all four forwards. So the honest thoughts on that when we look back, it was a battle of a set pieces. I know it sounds strange, but if we think back to when Brentford battered us and it was pretty much a disaster at their, you know, at their stadium previously, that 3-1 defeat, set pieces, or we could not handle them. This time, we dealt with it so much better. We put the right people in the right zones. And if you actually look at the XG from set pieces, it was tiny compared to, you know, literally night and day from what it was in the uh, the reverse encounter earlier in the season. The other thing as well, if you look, our attacking set pieces, we did the right things. I mean, it came from that second phase, as Jürgen talks about, completely right. We played it in all the right ways. So again, it came down to a battle of set pieces. We got it right this time. Probably just the, the reason between the, the tight scoreline. There were a few hairy moments. I mean, we're all a bit worried for the disallowed goal from Bemo. That was a, I'm not going to say fortunate because, you know, I thought Virgil did well. He just stepped up at that right moment. 
they did have their chances, you know, there's no two ways about that at all, but they, you know, they couldn't stick it in the net, but got to give the boys credit. I think the fading in the legs was my biggest takeaway. It's three games in a week. And in this current system, certain personnel are absolutely key. So you are asking them to go three times a week to be the key men again, which will have its effects as well. If we say, does anyone play their way in or out? <sighs> this is a, a nuclear debate right now, but the Darwin situation, everyone wants to go off on either course, don't they, realistically? I just thought oh, that missed chance, wasn't it? It was a great run, but he just fluffs his lines at the key moment. Again, it didn't happen for Darwin. So there's got to be a few question marks, understandably. And I, I like Darwin. I do think he offers us something. That's my personal opinion. But there are question marks in this setup, shall we say, but maybe Darwin just needs the end of the season. Cody Gakpo, a different role, interestingly. Almost deeper in that on Tabba Hendo, like a, an attacking midfielder type role, you could you call it in the 3 2 2 3. I actually thought it was a, a game of two halves or stages, if that's the right phrase. I thought Cody was excellent early on, linked well. Again, towards the end, I thought he was really tiring, starting to lose the ball. But overall, bearing in mind it is three, you know, the third of three games in a week, I thought it showed that Cody Gakpo can do a few roles. Funnily enough, none of them, the left winger that we thought he'd come in on the 4-3-3, but there we go. Other things you've got to love, and I mean love because they keep going. Trent, man of the match, again, superb, again. Curtis Jones, ball retention, again. Counter-pressing again. It's great to see the two, two scouts in the team doing the business again. Brilliant to see. Really important. And then probably a little side note we'll finish on for Brentford. Anthony Taylor, a disgrace. Brentford time-wasting, a disgrace. Brentford at times faking head injuries on a few occasions to stop the game, a disgrace. Anthony Taylor wanting to whistle for anything, anything he could get his hands on that was anti-Liverpool. Again, a disgrace. The sooner Howard Webb stops letting Ant and Deck appoint and control these referees as part of their show, because that's the only way I could surmise it, the fact we keep getting Paul Tierney and Anthony Taylor, a disgrace. Honestly, PGMOL, get your house sorted. But we'll leave it at that realistically, because I'll go on forever. But... Leicester threats. I mean, this is a fascinating one. It really is. There's, there's a few things to consider before we get onto their specific player threat. They are fighting for their lives. You always say at this stage of the season, you want to play those mid-table, flip-flop on clubs. This is not that. And you can talk about recent results, which we will, but it's not the right clubs to be playing because they may just pull it out the bag as history shows. And it's not always been a brilliant history at the King Power at the same time. We know even last season, it's, you know, it's just that little bit of fear. It's natural. The second thing to think about is we are the last to play. You know, recently we've been putting pressure on teams, you know, catching up and they've had those games in hand. There is just the effect that the other teams will have played. So, you know, if they, if they get positive results, negative for us, does that have an impact on us? That's possible. And then the only other thing that bugs me, and it does bug me, I'm not going to lie, it's personal opinion. Why they went on this trip, this warm weather trip to Barcelona, they bonded, however you want to put it. And some people are going to say it's a masterstroke. It worries me. We've had this in the season. We know historically what happens when Liverpool go on these 
warm weather training trips, breaks, whatever you want to call them, even thinking to Dubai this season, it doesn't come back well. To me, it could have just been a few days possibly off with training, maybe one even, you know, just as a, a bit of a refresh. But it's business end of the season. I'm not convinced going away to Barca, change any mindset, etc., does any good. Personal opinion, hoping to be wildly wrong, but that's just the way I see it. I mean, yeah, these are banging trouble. They're 18th. If you look at their last three results against their opponents, you know, leads away. They drew when leading, so that was a blow. Everton dominated them at home. They really did as well in a draw. So, you know, it's six pointers and they come away with two, realistically. And then you look to Leicester's last game, Fulham 3-0 down at halftime. Yes, it ended a 5-3 thriller, but as James Madison said afterwards, the game had pretty much gone, realistically, and they didn't show enough. One can only hope that is the exact Leicester team that show up that first half against Fulham against us. I don't think it's going to be that straightforward by any means, though. You have to look at Leicester as the two elements to them. Attacking-wise, let's be clear on this. Vardy, Madison, Thielman's good for a goal, Harvey Barnes, even, you know, Dakar as possible sub, maybe on a bit of a reach there. But they have goals in this team. If you're doubting me on that, they are literally the ninth highest scorers, or joint eight, I should say, highest scorers in the league. It was just on goals. Leicester are in the top half. Let's be clear on that. If you want a context, they've scored as many goals as Manchester United in the Premier League. Just put that into context. Where they struggle on the other side is they leak goals for fun. I mean, they've leaked over 60-plus goals already this season. That's their biggest issue. And right now, you look at it and think, are we targeting anyone? We've got to watch out at one end. But he loves a goal for us, doesn't he? Wild phase, that Soyuncu partnership does not look secure and Samare doesn't look anything like the player we were once linked with. So let's hope those two elements of Leicester show up. But just to be clear, this is 18th, but it's the team. But this is no give me. This is a team fighting for their lives. We don't like these fixtures. So fingers crossed the job is done. Formation and lineup. A little bit on this. Naby's not in team training shot. Bobby is not in team training still. So that was the sort of gasping moment, the heartbreak. Like, come on, Jürgen. However, however, he did say importantly, Bobby is nearly there. Hope rekindled. And hopefully after Leicester, he should start, which is absolutely crucial because if we can just get a bit out of him, team training-wise, full team training ahead of that Villa game, i.e. his last game at Anfield. Also, James Miller, it seems remiss not to mention the two a little bit together. But Bobby especially, even if we just get him on for 10 minutes, you're going to know I've said this, I do not care what you think. Just for 10 minutes, that would be immense. So that's the sort of backdrop for that. No other injuries mentioned that way. So I'm going to be honest, I think with the break and everything, he will put what he sees as his strongest team in this formation, in this game. I think personally, it'll be your standard back four. So your Trent, Robbo, Ibu, VVD, Allison in there. No injuries pending there. I know everyone's going to say, oh, 3 2 2 3, Trent moves in. But yes, exactly. We're just starting on the team sheet. Never mind how they will start. I think Fabinho will play. 
I think Henderson will play as well. Leicester have got runners such as Dewsbury Hall. You know, for whatever you say about Samare, there's, there's legs there as well, Madison. So I do think Hendo and Fab, that experience will be there. Maybe understandably and naturally. And Curtis Jones, you can't leave the boy out at the moment. I don't care what anyone says. Curtis is so important. So Jones, Hendo, Fab in the middle. Attack is where it's probably more interesting. I actually think, though, I, you know, I'm pretty certain in my mind, which doesn't mean anything, Gapo will play in the middle, Diaz on the left, Salah on the right. Just think, you, you have to look at recently, Darwin doesn't quite seem to fit, whatever that, I'm not going to get into that debate, but at the moment in the lineup, it's not happening for him, it's maybe best to say. Jot has had his injuries recently. I do think it'll be Gakpo, Salah, Diaz will be the front three. But we will not know until Monday about 7pm. Which just leaves the prediction, ladies and gents. So how do I see it? I think there's going to be a few harem scaring moments in this. I really do. I'd love to believe, similar to Fulham, we're going to give them an absolute battering. But I don't think it will be that way. The fans will be behind them. They are fighting for their lives. So that tells me, Liverpool, especially with the Barcelona thing, what's happened. There's just a few concerns, just a few risks. So I'm going to go with Liverpool victory because I can't do anything but with what's happening at the moment. 2-1. So a 2-1 victory with Mo Salah getting our opening goal because look at the records, look at what he's doing, who would bet against him at the moment. So it's business end. We really don't care. I don't care if that scoreline's wrong as long as the result is a positive one. That's what we're looking for at this moment in time. Keep an eye out for the embargo, people, as we say. It, it kind of suggested it was Sunday, but it did cut off at the end. So suspecting it will be Schmacker related, but who knows? We'll have to say. Keep an eye out for that. As normal, as we say, always watch the press conference yourself for your own opinions rather than the, the snippets. In that sense, you might have a different take, but hey-ho. But other than that, enjoy your day wherever you are. And that was another post-conference presser. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.